Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's going on, fellow gamers? Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are three dads who talk casually about games, and today we have each prepared our own top five puzzle games of all time lists that we are going to break down. Please make sure to rate our show five stars, leave a written review, follow us on socials at MultiplayerPod, and come sign up to support the show on Patreon. You'll get a shout out on the show, and you'll also get access to the exclusive Squadcast episodes, which release twice every month. You can sign up at MultiplayerSquad.com. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, I believe that he has witnessed many puzzles on an island arranged around a mountain in the middle. It's Josh. I mean, living on an island sounds great, (laughs) Paul. And I like to think that I'm pretty good at puzzles, so that sounds like my kind of island. Wait, is this yeah. Survivor? Uh, not quite. Oh, not exactly. Okay. No, but you're so close. No, so close no million, enough. no million dollars at stake. No, it's only five hundred thousand. Okay, eh, now I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, a lot of puzzle games are on islands. Because joining us, I believe he's currently meeting with us virtually from an island called Mist, tinkering with the mechanisms and secrets to figure out what's going on. It's Michael. Yeah, I'm really sorry I was late. I forgot the passcode that opens my front door, and it took me 26 yeah. minutes to run around the island, collect the clues, and finally get inside. Oh, very nice. You know, I tried to introduce you guys with a little bit of a guess of some games we might hear about. <laughs> Nailed maybe it! We'll see the, maybe yeah. we'll see The Witness, maybe missed. Nailed it! Did I, mean, I call maybe. both of your number ones? I guess we'll no, have to wait No, it's and not see. my number one. Okay, fair but enough. missed? Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be. <laughs> All right. Well, before we start breaking down our list, we do have a new Patreon supporter that we owe a shout out to. Yes. They Whoa. came in as a legendary supporter. And so we want to give a huge shout out to Dave G. Dave. G money. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I, Michael looked like he was going to say something so profound there. And like the, the yeah. long pause really got me. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was my cue or not. And I was like, I have to say something. I'm like, gee. Hmm. I, yep. I would like to say for Dave G because I, I, I love DMZ, Dave. Yes. I, I've been playing it almost daily and it's phenomenal. So just, just to set the record straight. Yes, Dave is not in our Discord, but we did chat a little bit by email. He is a huge Warzone fan, and he did want to correct us that instead of comparing it to a Call of Duty version of Escape from Tarkov, he believes it is more aptly titled The Cousin 
of survival mode in the division. So I don't remember survival Interesting. mode. Interesting. No lie, I was playing with uh, two friends the other day, uh, not simultaneously, but at the at different times, and they both compared it to the division. <laughs> Oddly enough, and I was like, "That's a fair comparison." So Dave knows what he's talking about, and Dave, you are legendary, my friend. Thank you very much for the support. Right, he just came in hot. He's like, "I'm gonna land this plane one time. I'm gonna get it right." Boom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much, Dave. We very much appreciate the support. And I had just a couple quick questions for you guys. You know, before we all share our number five on our list. We did talk a little bit about what qualifies as a puzzle game, because there are some games that kind of skirt the line a little bit. So, like, what would you guys say actually qualifies as a puzzle game as opposed to a game that maybe has puzzles in it? This one oh. was tough because I asked you guys, uh, being the the elder statesman of this bunch, <laughs> I was like, do the old Sierra games count? You know, like Ooh, King's yeah, Quest yeah. and Hero's Quest and Police Quest and Leisure Suit Larry and all those older games. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the gameplay in those games is solving puzzles, you know. And then we were like, I don't know that that really, really counts in the spirit of like your top five puzzle games. So I went straight, pure puzzle games with one exception in my list. Yeah. yeah, and I will argue that, and to 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 till the day I die, if you guys are like, oh, it's not really a puzzle <laughs> game, but I, I'm ready to fight, but it's on my list, and then just in case I lose that argument, I have a backup too. Um, <laughs> so uh, my number one game is God of War. My number two puzzle <laughs> game is God of War Two, called Ragnarok. I mean, there's puzzles in those games, so they're a puzzle game. <laughs> okay, that's not true at all. No, I no. want the same approaches. I actually Vito. might have gone a little bit more. Yeah, right. I actually might have gone a little bit more straight uh, with it than than Josh. I think I think all five of mine can be really considered puzzle games. So, um, I don't know how to explain it though. I, I I took to Steam and I looked for games that were tagged puzzle, and I'm seeing games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, and right, I'm like, no. no. If anyone drafts that, we're saying no. That's not a puzzle yeah. game. You know, we're not counting games like Zelda or Tomb Raider, even though, of course, they have puzzles in them. I kind of felt like if someone asks you, like, if you were to take a poll of people out there, hey, in one word, how would you describe this game? I think they should probably say puzzle or solve within, like, the first two words. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. That's a really good way to put that. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. so. And in that case, then I think... Yeah, probably two of mine, you would get there within a couple of words, probably. And if not, you're wrong. <laughs> my, yeah. I, I will say this. Four out of my five are absolutely 100% pure artesian mountain spring water puzzle games. Oh, so tasty puzzles. Yeah. It, the other one, you guys may take some exception with, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll fire it. Fire it right off this list. Get out of here. <laughs> and then out of curiosity, before we dive into the list, were your guys' games on your list relatively new or relatively old? Old. There's yeah. been no good new puzzle games. I played the um so uh sub super liminal, the weird perspective yeah, one. I played mm -hmm. that one. It, That's I a mean, cool it was, one. It was okay, you know, like but then that made me realize because I actually when I was looking at these for, for my list, I pulled the the date that they were released. And like all of these are old, man. Dude, I'm so glad to hear that because I went to Metacritic and I looked for all puzzle games of all time and sorted by Metacritic rating. 
I went through the first 150 games. Guess how many came out in the last 10 years? Oh, not many. Thir- 13. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, like, one? 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 Oh, one. My okay. I was not going to guess just one. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot in, like, 2009, 2010. There were a handful in 2011. Only one game out of the top 150 has come out in the last 10 years, and I know we are going to hear about it from Josh, so we'll just see where that one pops up in the list, because, of course, uh, a certain game that I may have already referenced is only a couple years old. All right, so let's start by talking about our number fives. Who wants to go first? Who wants to share their number five? Now, let's clarify, too, for everybody that's listening. These are our personal top five puzzle game lists. So there's there may be Good some call. overlap, but this is not a tournament. This is not a we're going to nominate one above all others. This is my personal top five, Michael's personal top five, and Paul's personal top five. So just as 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 we're talking about these games... You know, there may be some overlap. We may have them rated a little bit differently, but these are our personal tastes, basically. Yes. Some tastier than others. Because they're artisan, <laughs> beautiful, crafted water puzzle games. Let's start with you, Michael. I'm very curious to hear. What do you have coming in at number five? Uh, oh, man. Many people are going to hate this choice. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, imagine if you are the cruelest uh, ruler. Um, over the lands and in this land you take these tiny little feathered animals and you put them in a slingshot and you take that slingshot and you pull it back (laughs) and you launch it at those pigs Uh and you break their building down it's yeah. a puzzle game it's got different like you gotta figure out how to get around angry birds it is a puzzle game I loved Angry Birds. I played so much Angry Birds, and I think a lot more people out there will probably also like Angry Birds a lot, because I'm looking at all these games, and I'm like, okay, I tried to divide mine up a little bit, like... I wanted like one VR game, one AAA game, one nostalgia game, one clear puzzle game, and one mobile game is kind of how it ended up. And I'm like, really, Angry Birds was just, it's a puzzle game easily because like, man, it gets hard after a while. You're like, I got to get the right arc on this. I got to use the right kind of bird. I only got so many of this kind of bird. I got to hit this and that. And I just was like, you know what? I had, man, I, I used to, I won't say, well, I've already said where I work, so I won't say that I played this game at work for a long time when we were slow, <laughs> but I played this game at work a lot, and it, it helped yeah. me get through a lot of boring days. It was colorful, and the best thing about it was right when you thought you were done with Angry Birds, they came out with like 74 more Angry Birds games. And, and a then, movie. I didn't watch the movie because I did I not either. <laughs> no. But I was like, you know what? Number five is going to Angry Birds. That game was fun. The sound effects were hilarious. The pigs with their little yeah. walking going around. Oh, man, come on. Give me all the Angry Birds. I, would, I thought about actually downloading it and playing it again. All right. I'm pretty sure neither Josh nor I have it on our list. I don't. Sure. But it's, it, it made me chuckle because I would consider that a puzzle <laughs> game. Like you are Why? trying to get Why? through the levels. Like what, what? How would you classify it? Action? It's not an action game. You, it, it's, it's a level progression game. But that would be by definition you having to solve a puzzle to get to the next level. Well, you only have certain things. Like certain birds do certain things, and you have to use them to get past certain parts. It's like where's my water? Cut the rope. Those like you have to think about how you solve that level. Yeah. It's strategic. I would have never considered it a puzzle game, but well, you guys both say it is, so that's Ooh. cool. Wait, is it a strategy? It's not a strategy game, is it? I, I wouldn't. I, I think uh, it's a puzzle game. 
I would. I when he use, said I that, my you, brain I went, oh, my yeah. Old, I can give you my old number five, but it's not very <laughs> no, it's exciting. No, no, no. no. So. We can count Angry Birds. Yeah. I loved Angry Birds when it came I out. Do. I think anybody who had an iPhone, like 99.9% of iPhones had Angry Birds on it at some point. One and of the few mobile fun. games I've played. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Michael's got Angry Birds at number five. I, I feel like that that pick does come a little bit out of right field, but that that's okay, Michael. Hey, Josh, you know what, what though? It's my top five. <laughs> it is your top five. Is it your five. top five? I'm waiting for Cut the Rope and Where's My Water to be like four and three. <laughs> yeah. They're coming. And considering Michael was joking, but immediately floated God of War as a puzzle game, and I was like, no, not a puzzle game. <laughs> right. So what you do is you start way too extreme. So when you say something slightly mm-hmm. less extreme, Paul's yeah. just like, I'll give it to you. We did it's let Angry Birds slide now. So well done, Michael. Thank yeah, yeah, that, yeah. This, I did it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what do you have coming in number five? So mine is, this is a absolutely pure puzzle game, and it's probably one that a lot of people have never heard of. Um, if you've been a fan of the show for a long time, you have heard me mention this game. Um, but it's a game called Antichamber. Mm-hmm. Um, it ah, is yeah. on Steam. I don't know if it's on console or not. Um, and I'm just I'm actually going to read the very brief description of this game because I think it it kind of captures what it is very quickly here. So, Antichamber is a mind bending psychological exploration game where nothing can be taken for granted. Discover an Escher like world where hallways wrap around upon each other, spaces reconfigure themselves, and accomplishing the impossible may just be the only way forward. Here's the cool thing about Antichamber. I've not ever played a puzzle game like it. It is pure puzzle. Like, I mean, everything in here is just mind bending, you know, the way that you do things. But the cool gist of Antichamber is nothing is ever as it seems in this game. So you actually have to untrain your brain to to like play this game like this is a minor spoiler because it's right early in the game but like one of these aha moments for me was you're in this dark hallway and the hallway turns like black and you're walking through it and it's obviously that it's like an l-shaped hallway but later on in the game you're going through a level and it spits you out of that hallway because you realize that that black wall was not a wall it was a tunnel that if you had just tried to walk into it you would have realized you can walk through this wall because it wasn't just a black wall. It was actually like a void that you could walk into. And so that's kind of what this game does is it teaches you don't take anything for granted. Like that's the the real angle of antechamber, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, and it's just neat. There's a lot of very like uh, primary colors and just blacks and whites that it does. So it does feel like you're almost living in an odd painting or something like that. Um Came out in 2013, so we talk about these older games, right? 2013 is when it released. Uh, and if you don't believe me or my take on it, this game has a 95% rating on Steam, overwhelmingly positive with over 11,000 reviews. So if you wow. like puzzle games, you really owe it to yourself to give Antichamber a try. So I'm browsing the Steam reviews here while you were reading that description and sharing that. Uh, it does say here, if games are art, this one was made by Picasso. Yeah. Which I think kind of speaks to like the art style that you're talking about. And another person wrote, have a psychedelic trip without becoming a junkie. Yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it really is. It does a Bit lot of, a trip. of it. It really does a lot of trippy things. It does use some perspective. Like there's one, it, like it's been a long time since I've played it, but there's one room where it's like you're going down a stairway 
And so you like, but when you turn around, you'd think you would go up a stairway, but like when you turn around, then you go down another stairway. It just does a lot uh, of weird yeah. stuff like that. And that's how you kind of have to approach that game is let me unlearn like everything that reality has taught me and let me learn to think outside the box a little bit to solve these puzzles. And one of the best parts is some of these puzzles seem insanely hard. And then it's the stupidest, like most simple solution in the world to yeah. where you like wind up drastically overthinking it. And if you had just done like the simplest, most common sense thing, you would have beaten this puzzle. And that's what I love about Antichamber, dude. It really just plays on a lot of that kind of stuff. I love when puzzle games almost force you to think differently. Yeah. And to think outside the box. And a lot of the puzzles will seem impossible. And then as soon as it clicks, you just think, Oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah, Why yeah. didn't I just do that in the beginning? <laughs> and I love when puzzle games have that yeah. like aha moment and you can't believe you didn't see it before. I feel yep. like that's always really rewarding. All right. Well, I have never played Antichamber, but it sounds really interesting. That's one that I'll have to keep an eye on. And at some point, if I'm bored, maybe I'll pick up something like that. It's a strong recommendation from me. And like I said, 95% Steam rating. Apparently, people love this game. <laughs> yeah. Can, Looks can like just... that one goes for 20 bucks. Can I just say, too, that Josh kind of hit on a point, too, is that I, I realized I have not played enough puzzle games because, you know, looking at this, I'm like, some of these games, puzzle games are not. And I'll look up like, hey, you know, top puzzle games. Have I played many of these of which I have not played many? And I'm like, man, I need to play a lot more puzzle games. And so now I'm like, Antichamber, and add it to the list because like, I, I like them. <laughs> And it's funny because I had a couple of games that did not make the list because apparently I used to play puzzle games a lot. Like I've got a game and nobody picked this one. It was called Siberia. We talked about it a long time ago. It starts with a C. One of my favorite games of all time, but like it's unplayable now. You cannot play it. So I need new puzzle games. So I'm playing the chamber. That's what I'm going to do this Christmas break. <laughs> Michael already bought the deluxe edition yeah. on Steam. <laughs> oh, let me see if I own it. Hold he owns on. the soundtrack. He's got <laughs> yep. the digital artwork. Let me let me see if I already the, own the it. The guide. They send you the hard <laughs> yeah. copy of the guide in the mail. Strategy oh, man. guide. Yep. Oh, very nice. All right. Coming in for me at my number five. This is actually a game that I did not beat, but it really left an impression on me. And I think it's very clever in how it operates. I have the return of the Oberdin. I, I almost put that game on my list. I, I, did you? It was very, very close to being on my list because it's such a unique game. I just fizzled out on it like all of a sudden, too. Everyone fizzles out on that game. The first couple hours are so exhilarating and exciting because you're solving puzzles and figuring things out. And you kind of hit a wall where it's so hard to find new information that the game kind of starts grinding to a halt. But for anyone out there who's never heard of it, this game came out, I don't know, probably about five years ago, maybe a little bit less. And uh, it was kind of all the rage for a little bit. Very unique art style. It has one-bit graphics inspired by old Macintosh computers. This game is one color. It is green. And basically, you are an insurance inspector who has been called out to check out this ship called the Oberdin that actually went out in 1802. It had 60 passengers, and it disappeared. Five years later, the ship pops up out of nowhere. There are corpses on board. Everyone is either dead or missing. And you come in trying to figure out what happened to every single person in the crew. Are they alive, and where are they? Or are they dead, and how did they die, and at the hands of what? And so the thing that kind of is like the uh, mechanism for how that works in this game is that you have a magical pocket watch, 
And if you point it at a corpse and you activate it, it will let you see what happened when that person died. So it's almost like it gives you a huh. screenshot of how they died and you hear audio and you read it on the screen. And so, for example, to kind of explain how this works, maybe you see a corpse, you activate the watch and it shows you a guy getting stabbed with a sword and you hear the audio and someone screams, Paul, watch out. So now you know that the guy who got <laughs> stabbed is Paul. So you pull up the ship manifest. How many Pauls were on the board on board? Oh, just one. Great. Now I can mark that guy. Paul died from a sword wound from an unknown attacker. And then later, as you start to piece who is who, you get to fill in all those gaps, and then the game finally ends. So it actually turns out to be a pretty elaborate story. Uh, I don't want to like share any major spoilers, but like let's just say that there's some fantastical elements going on. The ship is going to be attacked by things that you don't necessarily see coming, and there's different factions on board, and it's a pretty elaborate story. And I think this one left a really strong impression on people because it's such a unique game. It is very unique. The mechanics on it are really cool. The art style is very interesting because it's all just black and white. And it's pixely black and white, which really throws people off at first. But it really works for the game. The only exception I had with Return to Obra Dinn was it got really weird to me because you pull you like you'll find a dead guy you pull out your pocket watch you go into their memories and in their memories there's another dead person so then yeah. you can pull out your pocket watch and go into that dead person's memories so then you're just you've got inception going on yes a memory of a memory I, of a memory yeah and, and then i get so lost and then i'm like wait a minute whose memory was i in like what was i looking for and it just got a little convoluted for me at that point um i i did i agree with you 100 i think it's absolutely phenomenal for the first few hours it just got a little overly complicated for me at some point and then like i said i just fizzled out on it but I'm pretty sure that game's pretty cheap at this point, and it is a vastly different experience than just about any other video game out there. So even though I didn't finish it, I would highly recommend it to people. So yeah. is it like the the dead person that you see in their memory and they have memory? Is it because they were doing what you were doing when they died and looking at people's memories? No. That, no. No? It's just okay. the magic of the pocket watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't okay. think about it too hard. Yeah, just <laughs> so less Inception, more just like Russian nesting doll. It's just yeah. there. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this game has a 96% rating on Steam. And I absolutely say if you play it, as soon as it starts grinding to a halt, just quit yeah. and then just read spoilers online. You'll have a better experience. You'll love it for probably five to six hours, maybe at the very most, maybe even more like two to three. Um, but you're really going to love those opening hours. And I really hope that more people make games like this. I love solving mysteries and I love when you get to solve what happened just by showing up and playing detective. I think that's always a blast. Yeah. All right. Coming back around to you, Michael, what you got coming in at number four? I'm afraid to say it. I think you guys are going to make fun of me again. <laughs> Angry Birds 2. <laughs> Angry Birds 2, Peggle. the movie. Uh, plants versus Zombies. No, I'm just kidding. I can't have two of them, I, right? I, I actually thought about that game, Michael. It was this was that was one of those that I almost picked. It was like that and Angry Birds, and I'm like, man, they were both really good. I just feel like Plants versus Zombies kind of wore out faster. Um all right, I'm gonna play this game real fast. I like this game because uh, it can be played in virtual reality or outside of virtual reality. 
Uh, it's great with family and friends. It was unique and frustrating, um, not in like the um, overcooked too frustrating. I know that Paul soured on this pretty fast because he says the puzzle gets kind of similar after a while, but I really like to keep talking and nobody explodes. That was a my lot. that was my honorable mention. I actually had it directly under antechamber. Um, yeah. As, yeah. So it's it's actually on my my long list, not my short list. But I agree with you, man. It, I have it on my list. It is number four. Ah, number four. And Michael, you do not remember my my thoughts about this game accurately because I played probably fifty hours of Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. It was one of the best experiences I ever had with friends. It's yes. just that once you've all memorized the manual, you can't play it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was that's, the only reason we stopped. That's the, I paraphrase you poorly because I remember what you said was like, "Hey, at one point, like you were like, I wish they had more different puzzles. Yeah, like maybe even more downloadable content. Like I would say because I buy the downloadable content and stuff. Like, give us more puzzles now that we can buy later on. I'll buy more puzzle packs in a game for sure. If I've played the game for fifty hours, love it. I I loved the game. It was so much fun because you truly had to cooperate, but it wasn't like cooperating frustratedly. Like, yeah, it, it could get heightened at times, but it's not like overcooked where you're just like you're mad at your family members. You're like, no, oh, we almost got it. It was so good. Let's try it again. And you're like, yeah, let's try it again. So, uh, some of the names for some of those those symbols on the symbol puzzle just oh, yeah, cracked yeah. me up every time. Every time, some of the names I had for those. But the yeah. the beauty of keep talking and nobody explodes too is it's just wildly accessible to people. Like right. I set it up, I played with my parents who were both like in their seventies, and I set it up on a laptop that they had that could not because they're like, well, we don't have a computer. I'm like, you have a laptop, don't you? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it'll run on that just fine. Yeah, because it'll run on a potato, which is great. And yeah. I set it up on the laptop, uh, you know, and they loved it, man. And I mean, within, I don't know, five, ten minutes of me just explaining how this game is going to work, we were all playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Yep. And then the beauty Mine. is you can play it remotely as well. You don't have to be in person. So if you've got somebody, you know, across the country, you know, that you want to hang out with, you just hop in Discord, uh, you know, and then the, the game plays and you guys can all sit there and play real time together. Yeah, and that's one of the things I like. My my experience with my parents was a little different because you explained for a couple of minutes. I had to explain it every single time because I couldn't see what my parents were seeing because I only owned it for PlayStation Virtual Reality, so PSVR. And oh. so it was my, my parents' first time ever in a VR headset, ever. And they're trying to figure out where the controller is. And I'm like, no, Dad, that's the X right there. And I'm like, I'm like touching and moving my dad's thumb, which is an awkward experience for a grown man to do to like grab his dad's thumb and be like, right here, Dad. It's okay. It's almost like what he was doing when he was 20. And I was like, two. He's like, son, here's how you tie your shoes. Let me help you by holding your hands. Now I'm doing this to my 62 year old father. <laughs> so it was, it was different. That's kind of a tough first VR experience, right. <laughs> defusing bombs. So if anyone out there doesn't know about this game, I remember when it released, the first week, the front page of Reddit just kept getting pummeled of videos of like eight people that were meeting and screaming about some bomb and there was a countdown and there'd be two seconds left and they would defuse it and everyone would start screaming and go wild. And I was like, I don't know what this game is, but I'm buying it right now. And so, yeah, what makes it so cool is that you have one person who's defusing the bomb, but they are not allowed to look at any of the instructions. They have a bomb that's essentially covered in puzzles. And then the everyone else who's playing, which can be as many people as you want, you have to describe what you see on the bomb. They are looking in the bomb manual and explaining to you how you're going to beat those individual puzzles. 
And it is an exhilarating experience when you are multitasking and you're shouting instructions to four different people to work on four different puzzles. And people are shouting things to you like, cut the red wire. Someone else is shouting, um, click on the Xbox symbol with the horse or, you know, whatever the crazy symbols were. And yeah, like we, we ended up having like our own shorthand language mm-hmm. where we just knew. You know, A, B, B, A, B, A. And that just meant like whether you were going to cut the wire on the left or the right or whatever it was at the time. And that's the only reason that we quit is that it just got too easy at the end. But yeah, what a fantastic game. That's also a testament to the game, though, that you guys played it that much that you got that good at it as well. You know? Um, Oh, yeah. This game is an absolute blast. You can play it at a party. if As long as one person has a laptop, then the other people just have the manuals in front of them. You can play it remotely. It's very simple to pick up and premise. It's literally just tell me what you see. Okay, I see symbols. Well, then somebody flips to the symbol section in the bomb manual and, and away you go. Um, but there is a lot more strategy involved as you get comfortable with the game as well. And then, of course, you're always playing against the timer on the bomb and you can't make mistakes because then you blow up the bomb. So it's really just an all around great game. We actually did a deep dive on this. So if anybody is hearing sure this and goes, I want to know more, go listen to our deep dive on that because we actually covered this game in full. That. Um, released in 2015, Paul. So that's about when Reddit probably went crazy. 97% rating on Steam. So. Insanely popular and well regarded as well. And I'm pretty sure you can pick this game up for like five bucks now. Oh, probably. And only one person needs to actually purchase the game, which is really nice. So, because all you need is the one person to be able to describe the bomb, which is what the game part of it is, and print the manual. Right. So, if you're looking for just a fun, all around, cheap, really exhilarating game to play you cannot go wrong with keep talking and nobody explodes well you don't even have to print the manual if we do it in vr because the tv is just the manual but i would say print the manual also i completely forgot uh my kids don't listen to the show but it came out like last month on the switch so we bought copies on the switch so my kids can play on the switch now oh you can play it on on separate switches together so that's also pretty cool and it was dirt cheap i think on black friday it was like 750 because it was half off Oh, nice. Yeah. It's like one of those really stress-inducing games, but in a good way, where you're just trying to beat the clock as a team. You're not going against anybody. It's all of you working against the bomb. And I I feel like those kind of co-op games can be so much fun. Yeah. Well, not to keep going because the pace is... uh... It'd be great if I could get my words out right. That this wouldn't take forever. <laughs> we need, we need like a bell or a. Uh, we need some kind of sound uh, for whenever Michael just stumbles <laughs> the once per episode. We just go like ding, 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 ding. The words are hard segment. <laughs> the words are hard. Yeah, this is, we got uh, fun with metaphor. Fun with metaphors with Paul, and words are hard with Michael. Um, I don't even drink. Um, that's the funny part. No, here's the thing too: is that um, the the one thing I like about it is the pacing is perfect. When it starts out, it's easy enough to where you can figure out what the puzzles are are and then it gets harder as you go and it's highly customizable so you yeah. set it as hard or as easy as you want so all right short so- that sentence actually was supposed to be <laughs> yeah, very, yeah very nice so that's the number four for both me and michael so that was a two for one all right josh what do you have for your number four all right number four for me is a game that i believe i have mentioned uh on this before maybe i did a quick take on it i i don't know i do know that i've mentioned it on the show and it is a game called the talos principle 
Um, <laughs> oh, if yeah. you are a fan of puzzle games, you have probably heard of this one because it is one of the more well-known and well-regarded puzzle games. This is a pure puzzle game. You are literally just trying to solve you know, a, a, like a puzzle that's in a, a room or something like that. Um, the cool thing about the Talos Principle is you play like an AI almost. Um, you are a robot. You are in this beautiful kind of technology. Like there's technology around, but then there, you're in old ruins all the time. So it's this really neat mesh between the two. And where this game really gets going is great puzzles. Uh, the puzzles are varied and you encounter new ones as you go. You start manipulating time and stuff like that. But the really, really neat thing about the Talos Principle is the questions and the philosophical aspect of this game. Because you have a voice. There is Elohim. He is your creator. And you hear his voice. You see snippets and things like that. And he's talking to you. He tells you about this paradise that you're in. Um, and he just says, hey, you know, y- you just need to solve these puzzles and be content where you're at. But you find out while you're playing this game that this is just a created world and is not the real world. And he tells you, whatever you do, don't go to the tower. And off in the distance, there's this gigantic tower that stretches into the sky. So what does everybody do? Well, I want to know what's in the tower, right? So it's this really neat philosophical thing because the game is different depending on the path that you go. If you just listen to Elohim and you're content to do the puzzles that he gives you, that's like almost one game. And if you start to rebel and you say, well, I want, I want to know more about myself in this real world and you start to go to the tower, the game kind of changes and it takes a different path. It's, it's just a really, really neat experience. And the puzzles are phenomenal, but it's this really in-depth philosophical question that you're literally playing out as you play this game that really makes the Talos Principle stand out to me. Paul, have you played this one? I have. I own it. Okay. And I can't believe that this game is already eight years old because I remember when it came out. It does not feel like it's been that long. But yeah, this one is very highly regarded. 95% rating on Steam. It is a really good puzzle game. Highly recommended to other people. It's not on my list, but I really like if it. If you, if, like I said, if you really, if it's a phenomenal puzzle game by itself, but the, the philosophical nature and the discovery aspect, because you don't just get the answers. Like there's these weird terminals where you, you actually have to type in like a query and stuff like that sometimes. And then yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's this weird unknown entity that will answer you sometimes. And it'll just give <laughs> you these like, not everything is as it seems. Don't trust Elohim you know, maybe you should think about visiting the tower. And it kind of like, it, it just kind of poses kinda these questions, you, you know, and I love it, man. That game's so good. Yeah. One of the things, cause this came up a lot. Um, cause I don't know why, but almost every good puzzle game is also a VR port now. And so almost <laughs> all the puzzle games that I play are VR ports. And so I actually have this one as well. I haven't started it yet. The funniest thing since I haven't played it that I found is that in researching for this episode, the Talos Principle is simultaneously listed on both of the top 25 lists that I looked at and the bottom five worst puzzle games ever made for VR. The reason <laughs> being on why they said it was bad is because it's not casual enough. It's hard and it has philosophical in, uh, ideas and it's just not a casual puzzle game that people look for in a puzzle game. So apparently it's just like this is not one of those you sit in for five minutes. It's like you are dedicating some time to playing this game and it's only puzzles and they're hard. Yeah, it's definitely a heavy thinker. 
game too. Not as casual as you normally think with VR, but as we get more stuff like Half-Life Alex and things like that, I think we're starting to see more, you know, more hard edge stuff on VR. Oh, can I pick that as my puzzle game? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break and then stick around. And you can hear our top three games of the puzzle genre of all time. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, guys, coming back around to me, I guess I get to kick off the number threes on our lists here. My number three is a game that is rated 98% on Steam. Ooh. Very much an overwhelmingly positive game. I think it's one of the most clever puzzle games ever. I don't know if either of you have played it, though. This is a little game that came out a couple years ago called Baba Is You. I've played Baba Is You, <laughs> and so I freaking hate good. that game. <laughs> it's so good. It is so mm. clever. It <laughs> you is don't ve- like it, though. I, I will say it's very clever. I just... I I don't know. Maybe maybe I hit a puzzle I just couldn't figure out and I wasn't willing to cheat on it or something. But if you look, I have Baba Is You and I feel like I've played probably (laughs) a good four or five hours. I get why people love it. It just wasn't for me at a certain point. I think I loved it right up until that point. And then I went, this is stupid. I'm not playing this game anymore. (laughs) How do you even spell it? Oh, it literally is Baba Is You. Mm -hmm. Like Baba is like... Like B-A-B-A. sheep or like how baby says bottle. <laughs> yes. And that's you. Yes, that okay. is you. It's like a sheep in the game. So what sets this puzzle game apart from every single other puzzle game, this game is an absolute unicorn, one of one. There is no other game like it. You get a very low resolution screen where you are a little sheep called Baba. And there are words on the screen that basically lay out the rules of your current puzzle. So there will literally be words that you can push and move around the screen to change the rules of the game in order for you to reach the end point or to create some kind of situation where you win. So, for example, when you start out the game, it's pretty simple where you just see words like Baba is you, wall is stop, key is open, and flag is win. And so what you do is you can walk around the screen. If you try to walk into the door, the door is closed, so it stops you. And you go and you push the key into the door and it unlocks it. You touch the flag and you win. It starts off very simple. All of a sudden, the game starts throwing at you words like and, and is, and also, and more. And you have to start rearranging these words where all of a sudden... You're no longer Baba because maybe you pushed it to say flag is you and now you're moving the flag and you can change things to where they'll collide and then they'll disappear. So maybe you have uh, rock is melt and then if you push that into ice, then it disappears and it just gets crazier and crazier where you just are essentially like almost cheating. It's like you're you're changing the programming of the game by pushing these words around And it's the funniest thing in the world, even to just watch other people play. And I was watching a a streamer who's an engineer 
play this game and I was just laughing the whole time because he's trying to analyze it and you can't even really analyze the game. You kind of just have to start playing around with the word combinations. And this is kind of the epitome of where you're just stuck for forever. And all of a sudden you just realize that one word phrase that you were missing. And as soon as you figure that out, everything locks into place and you beat the level and you're just kind of left thinking, Oh my goodness, this is the most clever puzzle game I've ever run across. And it's not for everybody, but man, if you like this game, you will absolutely love it. It's, I'm interested. Yeah, it's really neat because you're changing the rules of the game. Like most puzzle games give you rules and say, okay, you have to solve this puzzle within these rules. Baba is you basically throws that out the window and says the only way to solve this puzzle is to create the rules for the puzzle and then you can solve it. You know, and yeah. it's weird. I, I do appreciate what Baba is you is. Like I said, I just got to a point where I think I got stuck and I had to move some words and I just could not solve that one. And I just kind of threw my hands up and then never went back to it. But that's when you just Google it. Don't I, you? Yeah, I mean, probably I probably should have. <laughs> but I do agree with Paul. It is one of the most unique puzzle games that I think is ever. I don't know that there's another game like Baba is you out there. There's not. I, no, I don't feel like I'm smart enough to play this game. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'd be surprised sometimes you just tinker and like you'll screw stuff up all the time and the game always lets you hold the z button and it'll just undo all of your moves so it tracks all of it press and hold it as long as you want and it'll you know let you reverse time and, and redo whatever you need to so it's not frustrating when you do something wrong you just immediately undo and try something different hmm. and so like you will do weird things in this game where all of a sudden you're controlling like all of the rocks, but there's 30 on the screen and they're all moving together or you'll be controlling multiple things at once. Cause maybe you'll do rock and flag is you, but they're like moving in different directions. Uh, you got to check this game out. It's 15 bucks. It's only 110 megabytes. So it holds no space on your hard drive and uh 98% rating on steam. Can't go wrong. All right. Coming around to you, Michael, what you got cl- clocking in at number three. I feel like I'm a clock in at number three and get my hand slapped for probably this not being a puzzle game, but we're <laughs> going to try it anyways. All right. We're going to play Jeopardy. Are you guys ready to play Jeopardy? Sure. Uh, can I say that, by the way? Can I say that? Yeah. Why not? This game, created by Alexei Pajitnov in 1985, allows players to rotate falling blocks strategically to clear levels. it. <laughs> Uh, what is Tetris, Michael? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a puzzle next game. Up, next up, of course. Potables for 800. Now, let me ask you something, Michael, because I agree Tetris is 1,000% a puzzle game. It's probably the game that launched puzzle games into mainstream, to be honest. Could be. This is number three on your list. What number are we up to for you? Three. This is my nostalgia pick. Do you love yeah. Tetris that much? I think I think the thing is is I loved it so much, but I have loved it again with um what's it called? There's the new Tetris you can play in VR as well. Tetris Effect um, is beautiful. Yeah, a beautiful yeah. VR game. I'm kind of putting them all as the same thing because it's still Tetris. It's just Tetris evolved, and so I think so. Like it's still fun. It's still exciting. It's still challenging. I just think. <clears throat> If you look at how many hours I've probably played that game, like, okay, so like 894 hours in Elite Dangerous, I might have more total hours in Tetris. 
You know, see, like I appreciate what, and this is, I am not trying to slander your pick by any means because I appreciate what Tetris is and what it has done. I mean, it's, it's, it like up until Minecraft came around, it was the best selling game of all time, you know? And so like Tetris, it's simplicity, it's competitiveness. What it does, it does phenomenally well. I just hate the game. I hate, I suck (laughs) at Tetris. Like my brain does not work that way. You know what? I like, yeah. I'm, I'm a smart dude. Like, I like puzzle games and I can, I can critically think and all that stuff. And I freaking hate Tetris, man, because I'm just not good at it. <laughs> so, like, you, you got to remember one thing about my list, Josh. This may surprise you. Okay. I've only played five puzzle games. So, <laughs> By and default. I played this one a lot. So, this one, the one, so when I say earlier in the show, like, I got my VR pick, I got my nostalgia pick, I got, it's just because I got lucky and I happened to play one of each of those. <laughs> now, have you played Tetris 99 on the Switch, no. Michael? No. Oh, it's I, awesome, dude. Hmm. Te- Tetris shines best, in my opinion, when it's competitive. Like, my wife is really good at Tetris oh. and loves it. And I loved how you could play split screen and you could go against one another. This is Te- like you zap each other, right? Like, you can clear each other's bars or add to each other's screens. There's or 99 like that. players well, and you're outlasting yes. all of them. Oh, it's a Tetris okay, Battle okay. Royale. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, as people start losing, they get it. eliminated. <laughs> and it's great. Go play it. It's free if you have a Switch. As long as you have, as long as you pay for the online subscription, yeah, you yeah, can play it for I free, do. and it's really fun. I do. I waste my money every month on that because I never pick up the Switch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that's a really good number three pick, Michael. I'm all about it. I love Tetris. Solid. Thank as you. As much You're as good man. I did mention this, but Tetris Effect, I got that game in VR. It is one of the more beautiful VR experiences. To oh, be yeah. honest, like some of the levels are just like so zen-like. To where I almost wanted to try to slow down the pieces because I wanted just to see more of the effects and the levels, like stuff going on. I, that's a that's a neat game. You're gonna use a mod to slow it down, so like like a cheat mod. Well, you to know slow how you can just like you know the it- piece is gonna drop, so you push down and it like auto drops. Yeah, like, I would just, just sit there drop. and let just it let drop because I wanted to see the cool like pixel whales floating, so the space whales floating across the screen and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know. Before we move on from Tetris, I got to bring up one thing. I think we've talked about it on the show before, but have you guys seen Human Tetris like on the Japanese game shows? Oh yeah, yeah. Where they have like conveyor belts that have Tetris shapes and the person oh, has to yes. like do yoga in that move and the conveyor belt just comes and sometimes it just full out just nails the person and <laughs> knocks them over. Oh, it's so funny. I well, love those videos. Sometimes those shapes are impossible to get into. Yeah. Like I've yeah. seen it, I'm like there's no I, no way. Yeah. Nope. You got to make sure everyone gets hit at some point. You can't let them just go forever. (laughs) All right, Josh, what do you have for your number three? Okay, number three for me, this is the one I'm going to skirt the boundaries a little bit on this. Um, It's Outer Wilds. Um, Outer Wilds involves a lot of puzzles. Now, I get that it is an exploration game, and some people might categorize it as exploration, but you are basically solving the puzzle of what happened. Um, and throughout this game, you have to explore so that you understand more of that puzzle so that you can figure things out. And there is a lot of smaller puzzles to solve within that. The beauty of Outer Wilds is you're only solving these puzzles so that you gain information. 
If you started this game brand spanking new, you can beat this game in about 15 minutes from start to finish because the answer is right in front of you the entire time. Like you are not gated in any way other than your lack of knowledge. So as you play Outer Wilds, you go, you explore these planets, you solve these puzzles, you get information, you take that information, you you, you progress through that until ultimately you know how to get through the entire game. But the beauty is you could have done that from like second one, which I think is a phenomenal way to approach something. And yes, is this a puzzle game purely like, you know, the Talos principle and antechamber and stuff like that? No, but I'm going to skirt the rules a little bit on this one because I do feel like Outer Wilds by nature is a puzzle based game. Yeah. It just also includes a lot of exploration, which I love those two together. You're, you're you're literally piecing together bits of information to put together the puzzle of what happened to these people. Right. right I think it's exactly. absolutely a puzzle game. Okay. Well, some people are like, well, it's exploration and and you know, uh, or you know, action because <laughs> you're flying around and you're landing yeah. on planets and stuff like that too. So, I won't beat this one into the ground because everybody has heard me talk about Outer Wilds and my love for this game. Um, this is actually the newest puzzle game <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on my list. On came out list. in 2020. Um, wow. It's a 95% overall Steam rating out of 38,000 reviews. Outer Wilds is beloved by most people not named Paul. Yeah, um, I'm in the 5% that yeah, doesn't like it. Yeah, you are. Uh, you know, and so, <laughs> but, it, you know, anytime somebody's like, recommend me a game, Outer Wilds is one of those because it is an incredible experience. And I'll just leave it at that because uh, people have heard me talk this game into the ground. So, sadly enough, when you said you were going to skirt the rules a little bit, I was really excited that I was going to add a sixth game to the list of puzzle games that I have played, but I still haven't played Outer Wilds, so I'm still at five puzzle games, guys. My Michael, top five. <laughs> knowing what I know about you, I think games. you would genuinely love Outer Wilds. Like, I yeah. can understand why Paul doesn't like it, you know what I mean? But I feel like you would really enjoy it, too. And I'm it, sure it, I would. I, you know, last thing I'll say on this, if you go to the... Every now and then on Reddit, I see people like, what's one of the most memorable games you've ever played? And Outer Wilds almost always makes that list because... I can't spoil anything, but just because. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on here, we're now up to our top two. There's a certain game I haven't heard yet that I think all three of us are going to have. So I think we'll have a little bit of overlap coming up soon. But my number two is a game that actually just came out a few months ago. A little game called Immortality. Now, I have brought this up a few times on the show recently, but I don't know if I ever really actually explained what the game is. You did. So, you mentioned you have to go into like these clips and watch clips and stuff like that. But I, I'll be honest. I'm. I want you to explain this to me because I still yeah. have no idea what this game is. So you can kind of tell as as I'm as I have games like Baba is You and Oberdin. These are games that are like very unique and revolutionary for puzzle games. None of these are traditional puzzle games per se. But Immortality is basically where. There's a, a fictional actress who made three movies. I think they're in 1968, 1970, and 1999. And none of the movies were released. Something happened, but you don't know what. And the movies never came out. That actress has now gone missing. And you are basically handed the archival footage of all shot video of this actress. And there are 
so basically they film all of this as if they were happening in real life. So they have like fake talk show interviews. There are scenes from all three movies. There are scenes of her at parties that got recorded. And basically the way the game works is that you're going through scrubbing video footage. You can hit play. You get to watch the clip. And if you click anything inside it, it will bring up another video that has that item or something that looks similar to it. So if I see like a certain actor and I click them, it's going to give me another scene that has that same actor. Or if I click on a glass, now it's going to show me another glass in another scene. And what's really interesting about this is you can play the clips forward, but you can also rewind them in case you want to rewatch something. Well, this is getting little spoiler territory, The game takes a little bit of a supernatural twist where you start reversing and all of a sudden like people's faces change and you'll see a new figure pop up out of nowhere and the game kind of hits you with like jump scare music. And that's when I was like, oh, this actually really just got interesting now because I am I seeing a ghost on the screen? Mm. Like why all of a sudden did this person get swapped out for a different actor in in this so it's really weird and very odd but at the same time similar to outer wilds you're getting little snippets of information everywhere and then eventually just by exploring enough of the game you put together the full narrative and figure out what happened so very clever game you can actually play it for free if you have game pass and you can get it for free if you have netflix Um, I did read in the reviews that the mobile port is not very good, so I recommend playing it on Xbox or on PC, but very, very clever puzzle game, and I can't wait to see more games come out like it. Is there like a payoff? Is there like a just like a solution? Don't spoil it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously don't spoil it, but I'm saying like (laughs) you you go through all of this and then there's like the reveal or the payoff or something like that. Okay. Yes. There, there are a couple of things in particular. It's not just like one thing, but you'll discover a couple things along the way where you're like, Oh, that happened. Well, who's this? And, and how is that possible? And then you start to put it all together. It's almost like watching the movie memento. Oh, except if it's not all in, just imagine it's not in reverse. It's literally just all the scenes are jumbled. And then all of a sudden you figure it out. I'm going to have to play this one. Yeah, I literally, this is officially, officially, uh, it's only because you didn't tell me it was free yet until just now, uh, <laughs> the first ever game on my Steam wish list. Every other game I wanted to buy, you just I've buy always it. just bought it. <laughs> the reason I didn't do yeah. that is because I didn't want to try to figure out how to change over the payment method from using the podcast to my own money uh, while we're recording. I was going to do it later. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll say about it, I have a short quote here from The Guardian when they wrote their review of it. And here's what they had to say. Every now and then you play a video game that you just cannot stop thinking about. Candy Crush might leave colorful imprints on the back of your eyelids. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild may creep into your dreams. And then, very occasionally, a game comes along that is so entirely unlike anything you've ever played that it becomes an obsession. Immortality, the latest from lauded game maker Sam Barlow and his studio Half Mermaid, is one of those. It is something that has never existed before, a video game that is also three feature-length films wrapped around a mystery so compelling that I could not concentrate on anything else for days. It is so delicate and complex that it's difficult to figure out how it even works. What I Michael is giggling to himself over here. I know, I missed whatever this is. I just... Hold on. I'm going to take a deep breath and get through it. 
the the studio is called Half Mermaid. Yes, Hold on. Half Mermaid. <laughs> either, which so half? If you, which half do you get? Because vertical, you, no you get the left mermaid. side. You're either person or you're fish. Like no. Hold on. The, no, Split you're vertically. Either, okay, I was like, you're either person or fish. There is no half mermaid. And yeah. in my head, as I was trying to work through it, I just couldn't stop laughing until I saw Josh's face looking at his confusion and why I was laughing, which made me laugh harder. Um, also, what did you find out? What happened to Marissa Marcel? You sure do. Yeah, you get your answers. It's not like Lost or something where you feel strung along. Like oh, you're gonna get, yeah, you're gonna no. get real answers. Hold on, I, I have a question. Just because other other folks that listen to the show might have the same question as me. You said Netflix. You can play this if you have Netflix. Do you play it on Netflix or do you play it with a code that you get from Netflix on your PC? So great question. Too bad Netflix is not a sponsor. Um, if you have the Netflix, that is app, true. They're not. I'm just curious because <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I'd like to play it on my TV. <laughs> yeah, if you if you go on the Netflix app, there is a tab at the bottom for games, and if you click it, you'll see all the games you can get for free, and it'll give you a separate link that'll open inside Google Play or like the iOS store, and it uh, lets okay. you download it through the store. But because you have Netflix, it lets you download it for free. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was just curious because I'm just I I'm trying to find a way to play it on my my TV because it, how many hours is this on, game, Paul? It's not on PlayStation. Not it's on, on no. Xbox and it's on PC, but not PlayStation. Yeah, it, it's I, like an anti-exclusive. Uh, to answer your question, Josh, it's kind of like Outer Wilds in that if you looked up the quickest way to get your answers, you could probably do it in like an hour. You could also potentially flounder and keep rewatching clips and you don't know what to do next. And you could play it for a hundred hours and get really frustrated. Um, <laughs> this is kind of similar to Oberdin. I say play it until it feels like a grind and then just read spoilers. Okay. It, it, it is a very okay. mature game. This is not one you can put on like on the TV in front of kids. The, the adult content is sporadic, but there's enough there that I'd say don't play this in front of the kids. Right. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Good call. All right, so moving on, uh, we need the number two for Michael, right? Are we up to you? Yes. Okay, so when I chose my number two versus my number one, um, it's so hard because you look at both these games and like, which one's a better puzzle game and which one is a game that I like more, right? And so how do you rank that? I'm going to rank it in the order of... One of these games made my top 10 list of all time. One of these games I do not believe did. It might have, but I don't think it did. And I'm going to put the one that I like more at number two. Why am I doing this? No, <laughs> heck no. Heck no. I'm just trying not to upset people here. All right. Number two is Portal. All right. Portal's my number one. And Portal 2. What, what do you have, Josh? You have Portal it in 2 is my number one game. Yeah. yeah, for puzzles. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Portal Two better than Portal One just because of the co-op nature of Portal Two. I, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, they're not that different. So, I mean, are we just saying the Portal franchise? I, I put yeah. Portal One and Portal okay. Two because I don't, I don't know which one I like more. Initially, I had Portal Two number one and Portal number two, and then Michael mentioned if it's a series, I'm going to put them together, and I was like, okay, then I'll just put Portal number one. Yeah, yeah. Portal Two for, I mean, just we'll just call it Portal. I, that's my number one. Um, I, you know, it, it's it's probably one of the most beloved games of all time. It's one of the most accessible games of all time. I mentioned that before, but I mean, I think like if you have a five year old, you can tell him like, hey, play this game. You got a green or you got a blue portal, yellow portal. You know. Yep. Yeah. Um, my daughter was playing it the other day. You know, with with her friend, and it was like they were playing together. And I walked in, and I'm like, oh, you guys are playing portal. 
brutal. And she's like, yeah, this is really fun. It's just, it's just a masterpiece, man. There's not really anything to not like about Portal. It's funny. It's compelling. It's challenging. It's the best of all worlds. Yeah. It's, it's not, um, an FPS with puzzles in it, a puzzle game that masquerades as an FPS. <laughs> yeah. That was a quote that I saw when I was looking at it. I was like, that's absolutely true. I think, you yeah. know, absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing more fun than using the portal gun. There's a reason why they add it in games like Splitgate. It's that good that we have seen mm-hmm. portals added into other games that you think would never have something like that. That's like how much it's permeated gaming culture. And I don't know that it, I don't know what it is like on Metacritic. It might be number one on Metacritic of like all time games or whatever. I think it's I do way know, up there. Yeah. I do yeah. know. I did look on Steam 98% rating over a quarter of a million reviews. Um, that's pretty much unheard of because <laughs> you're always going to get the trolls that are like, I'm going to rate this a zero because everybody else bombing. likes it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if a 98% rating out of a quarter of a million reviews doesn't tell you something then we can tell you that if you haven't played portal or portal 2 you are you are missing out on a slice of video game history basically yeah when 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 josh used his first adjective to explain it one of the most beloved games of all time might be the most beloved game of all time the games both of them are incredible and and also they have the best villain and i won a draft with it too so (laughs) yep josh if we pay you a hundred bucks can you play portal in vr with us recording it uh <laughs> i'd do that for a hundred dollars oh, yeah for a hundred dollars that's my it's, yep you're gonna be vomiting yes. the entire time that's fine oh, i'll I vomit for a hundred so bucks <laughs> I, 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 that's my that's my price point now wait a minute you guys aren't gonna do the thing where i just have to loop one portal over and over again like we're yeah, actually trying to beat the up, levels yeah. right <laughs> like you Co- two just co-op. make it like a, an endless loop and like yeah. all right michael Let's see. I give him. I give him a minute before he's throwing up. Right. Now. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all those times that you launch out of a portal and the whole oh, room has to yeah. swing around uh, to reorient oh. you. Oh, it'd be so great. Didn't oh. we ask that question on one of the um, squad casts? Like, how long could you fall through a portal for? Something like that. Yeah, we <laughs> no, did. Yeah, it, we brought yeah. that up. Yeah. And Josh was already nauseated just thinking. About <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all three of us have portal that knocks out my number one, Josh's number one, and Michael's number two. Huh. I know yeah. what Michael's number one is now. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. 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 All right. So that leaves uh Josh, you're you're number two. Okay, my number two, you mentioned it at the very beginning of the show. Mm. It's called The Witness. I I don't know where I first heard about The Witness. I think I just saw like some gameplay and, and the the colors of the game and the like the beauty of the game caught my eye and I went, you know, I haven't played a puzzle game in a while. Let me check this out. And I was absolutely just amazed at how good the witness was. Um, it, the, the cool thing about the witness is it teaches you the basics of the puzzles before it ramps up the difficulty. So you never go into something, not knowing like what your like purpose of this puzzle is. It starts off very, very simple. And then it just ramps things up to a difficulty level where you feel like a super genius by the time you're solving these things later on. The other really cool thing about the witness is it is an open, world so to speak you are on an island and if you get stuck just go wander around find a different puzzle to do um i absolutely love the witness uh i've covered this on a quick take uh that i believe has been released to people as well so if you want to hear my full thoughts on that you can check that out um it's just one of the best puzzle pure puzzle games that i think i've ever played to be honest um the puzzles vary there's audio puzzles there's visual puzzles there's spatial puzzles there's like i mean 
there's just all kinds of different puzzles, geometric puzzles. Like, it's just crazy the number, uh, like the variation of the puzzles in The Witness. And I think that's the other thing that really makes it stand apart. Like, I mentioned the Talos Principle. Those puzzles are great, but there's probably only like four or five different kinds that you come across. And Mm. there are different difficulty levels. The Witness probably has like... 20 different kinds of puzzles with multiple variations of difficulty for each of those puzzle types too, which is really cool. really sets it apart for me. It's also still $40. It's yeah, worth I was going to say, that's penny. the only like criticism. A lot of people give that. It, it's a, it's still a pricey game. It is worth every mm. penny, in my opinion, on that. Um, it was released in 2016. It's got an 86% positive Steam rating. Um, so it's actually one of the lower rated puzzle games on my list. Um, I think it's because of the difficulty nature. The Witness has some really hard puzzles. Um, I don't think a game has stumped me quite as much as The Witness has. But the beauty, again, is it teaches you. It's like, it's my fault that I can't figure this puzzle out because I'm not thinking enough to like say, like, what's the next evolution? Like, what did it try to teach me before? How do I use that to solve this? Um, but it's my number two for a reason because I, I, I go back to it every now and then just because of the variation in the puzzles. Yeah, the first time I ever heard about it was on the show when you were talking about it. I did the same thing I just did. I pulled it up on Steam, looked at it, and said, I have to play this game. (laughs) Well, you guys already know all five that are on the list for me and Josh. So, Michael, you get the honors of going last. We just got to hear about your number one now. That was not intentional at all. Wink, wink. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Hijacking the uh, the high moment. Right, hijacking the number one (laughs) from the number one. (laughs) Oh, boy, look what I did. Um, No, I I don't know why I did this. Ultimately, like, you know, you look at these games, and it's like, is Portal a better game than Myst? Probably, yeah, right? But, well, most definitely. But at the same point, like, I I was thinking of a pure puzzle game. Like, my favorite puzzle game ever made is Myst. And it's like, yes, Portal is a puzzle game, but Mist is like a puzzle game. Portal can be other genres that it kind of dips into. And I know that it, we, I just said it, you know, as a puzzle game masquerades as, a, as an FPS. But at the same point, Mist is brilliant. And it stands the test of time because it, it keeps getting remade and re-modernized. Um, and it just did last year in 2021. It is just as good. The music is the same. The nostalgia is there, but it's playable. Because let's be honest, Miss 1993 is not playable anymore. Uh, Josh is incorrect when he said Tetris was the top-selling game until Minecraft. It was actually missed. When it came out in 1993, it sold 6 million copies, blew away the world, held the record for almost a decade, and it was only beaten by Minecraft. Um, now, that being said, there are several different iterations of Tetris, so you could possibly say that all of them combined outsold Myst, but as far as a pure game, this 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 game literally launched essentially CD-ROM for gaming. You didn't really use that as much. People would go out and buy, like you did have CD-ROM games, people would go out and install CD-ROMs in their computers, which back then were really expensive, just to play this game it changed the world and just the way they did it as well with having a 3d environment that you would click through and still photos so you would think you're looking at a 3d game it just i i can keep going for a long time on this i actually did a quick take on it i don't know if ever if we circle i don't think we've cycled through enough to get there yet or no it's still on the docket it's towards the end but the whole thing is is the game you know after shoot 
how many years is that? Is that 29 years or 19 years? 29 years. 29 years. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, after the math is hard when you go over that millennia, you know, after 29 years, the fact that it's still a very popular game, it's in VR, um, and they just redid it for Unreal Engine 4, and it's absolutely just as great as it always has been. Just, it's, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I think it was my number three of all time, which admittedly was a nostalgia pick, but, uh, and, and so is this, and I'm not, I'm not even slightly ashamed. Yeah, if you're like 37 or older and knew someone who had a computer, they probably owned Mist. That's true. If you're younger than that, you'll probably have no idea what we're even talking about. Yeah, it is. I mean, I will say, Michael, you you gifted it to us uh, in VR, and I actually dove into it for a little while uh, on that. And it holds up to this day, to be honest. Like, the puzzles in Mist are great. The atmosphere is great. I think one of the things that really catapulted it to the forefront was back in the day when you talk about the CD-ROM drive, it was the most beautiful thing you had ever seen on a computer. Uh, like yeah. Honestly, I, I remember the days of seeing Mist when it first came out and going like, how is that possible? Like on a computer, these are not pixelated graphics, you know, and I just remember thinking like, this is really neat. I didn't get into it. Uh, when it released initially, I don't know why, but I kind of missed the missed craze. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that you comment. purchased it. You know, you, that you gifted it to us because, like I said, played it in VR and it it does hold up. So you know, if the younger people out there are listening and going, "Hey, I I want to see what this is about," it it still translates well, in my opinion. That's one of the coolest things about puzzle games. They tend to hold up far better than other genres because yeah. the focus is on solving a simple mechanic puzzle as opposed to the graphics or whatever. So I think that's one of the reasons we don't see a ton of puzzle games because you can still go back and play all the old ones. They still play great. Um, I'm sure you guys have a couple of games that didn't make your list that maybe you just want to give a quick shout out to on my list. I've got a lot of games that are on mobile. I think puzzle games in particular really shine on mobile. Mm -hmm. I've got mini Metro, the room, Monument Valley and the House of Da Vinci are all absolutely fantastic on mobile. Um, I bet most of our listeners have probably played at least one or two of those. Do you guys have any other shout outs to give? Yeah, Wordle. Oh, Wordle. <laughs> I was going to ask. Wordle almost made number five and Angry Birds took it. I, I was going to jokingly say like I could put Sudoku number one. But that's right. really boring to talk about. So, right. so I didn't. That's why I didn't. Because yeah. I'm like, but, but it's Wordle. Speaking um, of Wordle, I think I've got a 100 game streak going on. So nice. yeah, I got, got that going. Um, for me, there's some really good VR puzzle games, to be honest. Um, uh, you know, the, the Paul, you mentioned The Room. There is a, v, a phenomenal mm-hmm. VR game called The Room Dark Matter that's a really neat kind of creepy atmospheric puzzle game. Uh, I Expect You to Die 1 and 2 are an absolute blast to play. Uh, I highly recommend those to anybody with a quest. Uh, you pick those up because they're well worth the money, and you do feel kind of like a spy solving these problems and stuff like that as well. Um, and then I just kind of had a category, which were the old adventure puzzle games. I kind of mentioned those early, the old Sierra games, one called Shadowgate. I don't know if you guys remember that one, but you're trying to make your way through a castle and you were just solving puzzles and stuff like hmm. that. Um, I... There is that combination, uh, you know, Return to Monkey Island, the Monkey Island games, they were adventure games, but a lot of what you did was solving puzzles at the same time. Um, And I really enjoy that kind of genre. It's it's kind of been dead for a little while, but I I like it a lot as well. The the adventure puzzle. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes me sad. 
that there's a dead genre. <laughs> yeah, those. Well, I mean, RTS. Return to Monkey Island just released, and it's it, it, you know it got really good reviews. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, so it's not completely dead, but. I think yeah, it's got a work came out just this year. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Get All us right. out of here, Paul. Well, with that, with that being said, yeah, I think that wraps up everything for this episode. Uh, we, last game, last thought. Go me. <laughs> there you go. We do want to say thank you to everyone for listening. As a reminder, you can follow us on socials everywhere at Multiplayer Pod. You can also support our show and get those bonus episodes on Patreon at MultiplayerSquad.com. And we hope that you guys will come back and listen to our episode on Thursday where we break down this week in gaming. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. We'll see you later. Uh, I love you all so much. Thanks for dealing with us and cheers. (laughs) All right. See you, everybody. (laughs)